So how exactly do you go about destroying a nation? This is not political, not in any way, shape, or form. And this is not about snake oil. It's about understanding how people make decisions individually and collectively. I, for example, have made an awful lot of mistakes in the last 10 years because during that time time frame, I've been reacquainting myself with what I call normal everyday working men and women. And I actually thought that as I got older, I could rely more and more on people who are younger, men and women who are now adults, who grew up in the age of technology and should understand how things work better than I and my cohort of Men and women who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even 90s. I can tell you I was absolutely, unequivocally, beyond exclusion of every reasonable doubt, wrong. The overwhelming majority of the young people I've met, and I'm now sitting back thinking about this over a period of, well, 10 years, have a lot to be desired. That's not a blanket statement for everybody because I have several clients that are under 50 who are pretty damn sharp. Men and women that I enjoy being around who I consider contemporaries and of equal status, regardless of whether they have the same income or net worth. I don't care about that. I enjoy being around them. But the amount of people, the percentage that I've met who will buy snake oil, and that's what it is, everything from gold, NFTs, cryptocurrency, and a run-up in GameStop, which is now the next Walmart of the internet, it doesn't work that way. So if you want to destroy a nation or you want to destroy a company, you want to destroy a person, you do the same thing. You defeat them from within. For those of you who know me, you know I have this very simple phrase, and that is, I am a Stoic, and I can explain Stoicism very easily. I don't have to recite all of the great writings of Marcus Aurelius and all the others, Seneca the Younger, Cato the Younger, Zeno, Glacius, or anyone else. Because in reading and studying, I'm that kind of person that likes to break things down into the simplest of languages. And that's been done throughout time. Nursery rhymes and idioms, an apple a day, I keep the doctor away. Do you know how good it is for your teeth to eat an apple? And how infections in your mouth will kill you. Little things about brushing your teeth and flossing are taught in ways so that people remember things. Jack and Jill went up the hill. What does that mean? What was the, what was the purpose there? So when I say things like, if I go to bed at night, I had a good day. And if I wake up, I had a good night. Understanding stoicism is no more complicated than that. It's the acceptance that life is pretty tough. Deal with it. And if you got through the day, you had a good day. I cannot think of a more positive mental attitude statement than what I just said. And yet, think about this for just a minute. That's mine. You're not going to read that in any Stoic literature. That's mine. Paul the Stoic. I doubt that I'll ever get credit for it, but I like that. If you go to bed at night, you had a good day. If you get up, you had a good night. Because everything else sucks. That's because you died, right? So you want to destroy a nation. All you got to do is have a nation lose confidence in itself. Same thing applies to a community. Same thing applies to an individual. And once you have that lost confidence, what happens? You become blasé. And when you're blasé, you can easily suffer from being, well, overly manipulated by those who are in power, legitimate and self-appointed. The self-appointed power is everywhere. Who are they? Well, you see them in the media. You see them in social media. You see them in the mainstream media, the three-letter alphabet out there, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox, all of them. 
They literally are not worth the time of day. And people are beginning to understand that. They're losing confidence in the trusted sources that are out there. No, you're listening to people like me. And you don't need to know everything that's going on. 99.9999% of the things that are going on out there are meaningless to you. They have no consequence. In fact, they're so infinitely minor that you don't even need to be aware of them. But when you begin to see a drip, 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 guess what you got? You got a leak. You got to deal with it. Failure to deal with the minor things will eventually result in major things. But it, it's all about being appropriate. Drip, drip, drip. Oh, stop, stop all the machinery. We've got to fix the leak. Drip, drip, drip. Ah, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. And eventually the roof to the manufacturing plant falls down. It's called common sense. When I talk about the seven coins and I talk about intellectual, intellectual wealth, mindset wealth, physical wealth. But when I talk about intellectual, it's about having a breadth of knowledge, a depth of knowledge. And I say the same thing all the time, something that's not all that common, which is common sense, knowing when to deal with something how to destroy a nation, how to destroy an individual, how to destroy a community. Everything is based upon subverting the Constitution. What does that mean? More than likely, you thought of the U.S. Constitution, and you're right. That's how you destroy a nation. When you begin to stop following the rules, and the Constitution are the bedrock rules. Every time you hear someone say the Constitution should be a living document, flexible with what society is today, that is a person who is a communist. Because a communist is a person who believes in the power and knowledge of the nation being superior to the individual. And whatever we're doing, majority rules, and since I'm the majority, I rule. Make no bones about it. There is no collective in a communism, communist state. It is another form of a dictatorship, a bureaucratic dictatorship. It's a weird thing, but these terms are not important. Either this is a government by the people or of the people. It's never more complicated than that. Oh, let's get into the details. Is it totalitarian? Is it a dictatorship? Is it a monarchy? Is it a democracy? Is it a republic? Forget it. Either it's our government or we're being governed. Either we have a voice or we have no voice. It's never more difficult than that. And when you have argument, not an argument, but when you have argument that says things like this, and you break it down simple, they lose their mind and they begin to call names. Always going to be that way. The great Stoics did not call names. So when you become blasé, you become subject to manipulation. When you subvert the Constitution, you're subverting laws, rules, and regulations, and the Constitution refers to you as an individual. Do you have the Constitution, my man, to succeed? It means you have the habits, you have the willingness, you have the desire. The Constitution is something that is not used. Well, Bob died because he didn't have a really good Constitution. It meant Bob died because Bob was a defect. Bob died when he was 20 because, well, Bob probably shouldn't have been born. Well, they kept the, they kept the young man alive for a long time, but he didn't have the Constitution to, to survive. You see, we used to use words like that. I remember my parents talking about uh, their siblings and their nieces and nephews and my cousins, their aunts, uncles. They talked about people having a Constitution. They said it in ways such as, well, you know, Mildred did, never quite had the Constitution to stand up for herself. And, well, she just really wasn't healthy from the very beginning. What were they saying? She didn't have the Constitution, the fortitude, the nads, 
to stand up for herself. She was a weak, a weak sister. She was a willy-nilly. She didn't stand up for herself. She had no forceful capability of doing anything on her own. So the word constitution is, we don't want to use it and let people use it inappropriately. And since the constitution is the basis for the country, let's kind of like eliminate that word so people don't really understand it. And then we can say it's a living thing that needs to change over time, just like everything else. You see, the ways to manipulate people are sinister. The ways to destroy a nation are always the same. You destroy it from within. Did we win the war in Iraq? No. Afghanistan? No. In Vietnam? No. Did we win the war when South Korea was invaded by the Chinese? We did. The South Korea is basically another state of the United States. It has been Americanized. You win a war when you win the heart and mind of the people. You destroy a nation from within. And so let's be popular. The popular thing of the last few years has always been in fear. Let's lock down. Remember a fellow by the name of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, okay? Franklin, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. It's the speech he gave between a joint session of Congress after the attack by the Japanese in Pearl Harbor. Well, that was a big, fat lion fakeout. Because what happened was that event was used to scare the holy hell out of everybody. Now, let me make it really clear. The attack on Pearl Harbor was real, it was bad, it was time to kick their ass, no doubt about it. But there's a lot of things that went into and led up to that, that, well, we're not not told, I understand it. A lot of people don't want to talk about how we shut down Japan from Texas tea, black gold, a thing called oil. They were expanding in their industry. They were becoming an industrial might. And we really couldn't have that happen. So we had to fiddle with them, and they got PO'd. Not that they were not building up a militaristic nation, but there's always a little bit of a yang and a yang to everything. This is not anti-American. But what FDR did is he said, the only thing to fear is fear itself. You're damn right, we got nothing to fear. And so what did we do? We locked down the country economically. We had coupons. You want to buy butter, didn't make any difference how much money you had, did you have a coupon? They rationed everything. My father kept coupons from World War II. I had those for many years until we had a fire that destroyed our office, but I had those coupons for a long, long time, and I showed the children those when they were little and explained how that worked. Everybody had to do their fair share. There was no such thing as throwing a tin can on the side of the road. Everything was recycled. Everything was for the war. The whole country cut cut back. Hell, everybody went on a diet. You didn't see people who were grossly overweight, except for maybe the bankers at the time. But if you think about it, you have nothing to fear, but fear itself was the big fake out to get people to buy all the snake oil and to allow themselves to be overly manipulated. Now, this does not mean that I'm anti-war. It's about controlling people with emotions, fear rather than facts. Got to lock down. Got to lock down. If we don't lock down, we all die. You see, it comes down to the philosophy that I've told some of you, and I hope you may remember this. It's a philosophy of health, the philosophy of disease, the philosophy that there are germs and then there's the terrain. I don't know why it's called German terrain theory, and I'm not going to get into it. I can go through Louis Pasteur. I can go through all the different people from back in the day. But let's just simply say this. The word germ theory and terrain theory refer to the fact that those who fear germs want everything 
to be based on that, that germs are evil, viruses are evil, and if you get it, you die. So find the vaccine, find the cure, the magic formula, the secret trick. I need the pixie dust. Oh God, I'm going to die. Got news for you. Everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. I'm going to die. Get used to it. You're going to die. Get used to it. It's part of the cleansing process that we go through. Ivanka Trump died. And so we now have a real life example of the fact that, so people that age tend to die. She's a few years younger than Donald Trump. And people are now going to make the connection. Yeah. Do we want to put that old fart back in the White House? And we got an old fart in there now. Maybe we need some new blood a transfusion. But people that subscribe exclusively to the germ theory, they wanna they wanna cure the world of germs. Oh, we gotta get rid of CO2. Oh, greenhouse gases. Oh, it's terrible. If you got rid of all the CO2, plant life dies and so do we. And some of these laws, rules, and regulations, trying to get everything down as low as possible when it comes to CO2, fail to realize how plant life works. Without plants, we don't have a planet. Everything about the name planet and plants. With terrain theory, it says, you know what? There's germs out there and sometimes they're going to kill you. But the best thing to do is to keep yourself healthy and clean. You keep yourself clean internally and externally. It's as much about what you eat as to how you exercise. Oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to get on the treadmill. And then you go outside and have a cigarette. You got your Coca-Cola and your bag of chips. Oh, but they're healthy chips and it's Diet Coke. Dumbass. So the nation has gone through this state of pervasive fear. And we've covered things up. Let me ask you this question. And you do remember, because I've said this to you. I lived in Dallas, Texas with my mother and my father and my sister, all of whom have passed away now. We lived in Dallas when Kennedy was assassinated. My father's office was used by the Warren Commission. As a little boy, I got to see things and I heard things. I never forgot. Why do we not have the full release of the Warren Commission? Why are things still being redacted? Why did Orange Man, who was going to fix everything, build the wall, restore the economy? We're not going to go into debt. <laughs> Lying sack of dog poo. Why did he continue to keep the Kennedy assassination, the investigation known as the Warren Commission? It's called the Warren Commission because there was a fellow by the name of Earl Warren. Earl Warren was a Californian, like Nixon and Reagan. He wound up becoming governor of the state of California when he was attorney general. It was during World War II, and he's the one responsible for locking down the Japanese in the internment camps that we had here in the United States. He's the one who felt guilty for a lot of things and implemented the laws, rules, and regulations that came from the Supreme Court decision involving Escobar and Miranda and a lot of other decisions. See, he was appointed to the United States Supreme Court by a fellow by the name of Dwight David Eisenhower, who made a political promise that if Earl Warren dropped out of the race for president, this was 1952, that when there was a Supreme Court opening, he would appoint Earl Warren to the first opening on the Supreme Court. And everything turned out. That's the way it played out. What most people don't realize is back in the day, we had trains. A lot of men traveled by train. And so going to the convention in 1952 from California was the Warren delegation. And well, back in the day, you didn't have primaries like you have today. So Earl Warren went with his group of people representing the Republicans from California when California was a Republican state. Go figure, huh? Richard Nixon got on the train as it was heading towards the convention in a way that wasn't obvious to people. Richard Nixon at the time was a United States senator. He, along with 
a fellow by the name of John F. Kennedy from Massachusetts. We're both in service, both went to the House of Representatives, and both became United States Senators at the same time. Young men, both were driven, both would wind up becoming president. One would be assassinated, one would resign. Nixon is the one who brokered a deal between Eisenhower and Earl Warren. And go figure, the first opening turned out to be none other than the death of Chief Justice Vinton, who was a young man, but he dropped dead of a heart attack. So Eisenhower, promise made is a promise kept, and he made Earl Warren Chief Justice. And in writings, speeches, and autobiographies, biographies, etc., Eisenhower said the worst thing he ever did was appoint that son of a bitch, not only to the court, but as chief justice. Sometimes doing the right thing isn't doing the right thing. Sometimes a promise made is not a promise that should be kept when there are lives at stake. Oh, I'll always be here to take care of you, Johnny. Always going to be here to take care of you. But taking care of Johnny will result in the death of millions of other people. Oh, but form over substance. Form over substance. And understand, I'm a man who has said many times, promise made is a promise kept. And as a result, I have clients that are not competent when it comes to technology. But by God, I go out of the way to take care of them because a promise made is a promise kept. Is it financial costly to me? Yes, but it's not a death or dying situation. So germ theory, mommy, mommy, I need a pill. I need a Band-Aid. Ooh, I got a boo-boo. There's nothing there. You, you bumped yourself. Oh, I got a boo-boo. Put a Band-Aid on. And then you have other people who are like, yeah, you just wash it out. Put a little mercurochyme on it. Put a little, little iodine on it. Off we go. We're, gonna, we're, we're fine. Iodine. Oh, iodine. Iodine kills germs on contact. Huh, how do you like that? We used to put iodine on cuts as kids. Oh, nobody does that anymore. I wonder why. Oh, we've got to have some fancy new formula and put some kind of a fancy name on it. Oh, let's see. You have a thing called Q-tips. Oh, those are only for the ears. Yeah, but if you dip a Q-tip into iodine and when you get out in public and you come back and you swab the inside of your nose, when you're out in the public and you bathe before you go to bed, you shower, you clean up, and you go and you sleep on clean sheets, you actually launder your sheets. Oh, just those little things sleeping in filth compared to sleeping clean, brushing your teeth, eating food that's not made of things I can't even pronounce, petrochemicals of one shape, form, or another. Oh, my goodness. People that do that actually live longer and healthier. Who would know? Take a pill. Take a pill. Everybody's got to take a pill. But then there are those who are courageous who spoke up. They were not cowards. They didn't shelter in place. They said, BS. There's a group of people that I had a real problem with in Tampa. And the, the group is called the West Shore Alliance. And the men and women that work for that group, I have nothing to do with. I am persona non grata among that group because I called BS when I said it was BS. Ooh, you got to have a mask when you're coming into these meetings. But once we get inside the room, you can take the mask off because we all have to talk. Oh, you got to have a mask on when the public speaker is, is giving a talk. But take the mask off when we're having lunch at an eight table, an eight top, and everybody is, oh, when you're in the hallway, make sure you have a mask on because the hotel here demands it. But the law says you don't need it. Oh, you're a rabble rouser. No, you're a coward. And you're allowing people to cover up the release of real information by not standing up and calling it the way it is. Have you ever seen people sit? I pay attention to the way people sit. 
I like to slump back and relax and watch a television show and just relax. But you know what? When I'm in business, I sit upright. I sit up straight. But I see people in business settings all the time. They're slumping all the time. Terrible posture. I think it's an indication of their attitude. How to destroy from within. I see children in their chairs. They're just slumping. up. Whatever. College students, people in church, any kind of social gathering. People who are sitting up straight, paying attention, focus on them. The others are bored. Either they know it or they're not into it. Fear-mongering. More people are going to die than you know it. <gasps> oh, my God. We're sorry to report that three people died in a car accident at the corner of Zipti Duda and Duda Day. All three tested positive for COVID, proving that COVID is, a res- is responsible for killing people. No, they died because the guy was drunk and went off the road and ran into a building. But they tested positive for COVID, and therefore we have three more deaths for COVID. Oh, my God. Fear-mongering. There's not a single person in this world has died from COVID, just so you know. And there's only one thing that everybody dies of. And this is an absolute God-given fact, of which I can pretty well guarantee that most people right now who are hearing this are going, "Mm, where's he going on this? There are lots of ways to die. You can be shot. You can be stabbed. You can be electrocuted. You can be burned at the stake. Well, Bob just died of old age. Well, Johnny didn't have much of a constitution. You know why everybody dies? They die from a lack of oxygen. That's it. You're not going to die from any other reason. They can cut your head off. You got no oxygen. They can shoot you and you bleed out. You ain't got no oxygen. They can stick cattle prods up your yoo-hoo-woo-hoo and you died from a lack of oxygen. Well, you short-circuited out and the electrodes on the head started burning. Ooh, very dangerous, very bad. No more more death penalty. We're just going to let you die on a slow death with a lack of oxygen. Everybody dies of a lack of oxygen. What are the contributing factors to that lack of oxygen? Now, that is an interesting thing. You know, more people will die from inserting an object up their anus, their rectum, the butthole, the poop chute, whatever you want to call it, every single year in the United States. Then the number of people who die from rifles over a period of five years. You know what happened in Illinois? That was bad, no, no doubt about it. But you notice that's died down pretty quickly because, well, the guy didn't fit the narrative. The guy didn't fit the narrative. But let's just use a round number. Somebody goes out and kills 20 people with a rifle. 20. That's 2, 4, 6, 8, Ten. A hundred people, a hundred people will die in that same time period from putting some object, God knows what, up their bum. So if you really want to save people's lives, what you might want to do is say, instead of carrying on about the emotional, outrageous tragedy that does occur when somebody is murdered with a rifle, if you really want to save a large number of people, you might want to say, it might not make sense to put that steel rod up your rectum because it feels good. One, it's going in the wrong direction. And two, God did not make the human body to be played with as a part of a metallic machine. Just saying, it is what it is. There's a lot of reports that are now coming out about Wuhan when everything was breaking loose and going to hell in a handbasket. One of those is that hospital. Within 10 days, we watched The time-lapse photography, boy, they built that hospital. Those machines came out. They leveled the ground. They put things in, and they had a hospital within 10 days. The Chinese, boy, they know how to work. They know how to build things. They're going to solve it. 
I got to tell you, you want to destroy a nation from within, there's lots of ways to do it. Is there somebody like the Wizard of Oz sitting behind the curtain pulling all the strings? I don't think so, but there are enough people who are in very serious powers, powerful positions, who are doing things you kind of scratch your head and go, say what? And like I said, there's a fair amount of evidence out there that says that's all fake. No, couldn't be fake, could it? There are a lot of people who are political. Political people don't do anything. You do realize that. They're just backslapping, feel good. You want to go, you want to see politicians go to a networking event. Look at the person who is all over the place, happy, happy. Oh, just everybody's their friend. Networking is political. I have to go out and network. I have to meet people. I develop relationships with people, but I'm I'm not in there for the volume. I'm there to find good quality people and hell with everybody else. I deal with people I like, not people that I have to deal with. But networking and politics is a waste of time and effort. It's necessary. And it's like going to church. Oh, if you don't go to church, you won't go to heaven. You're going to go to hell. Eh, what's wrong with this? Getting a Bible, sitting under a tree on a Sunday, having a glass of water, having an apple. Oop, don't eat the apple. Adam and Eve, don't eat the apple. Have an apple. Get a few folks that actually can articulate common sense and... Talk about things. Read and get right down to business. Hmm. Great Stoics did that. Socrates did that. Aristotle did that. How do you like that? Hmm. Oh, no, but you got to go to church. got to pass the plate and got to put money in the, uh, in the coffers because uh, Reverend Bob needs a new pair of shoes. More people have died over whose imaginary friend is more real than any other reason. Let me repeat that. More people have died over whose imaginary friend is more real than any other reason. You cannot prove that your deity, your God, your dude up in the sky is any more real than anybody else's because it's called a faith. A faith, F-A-I-T-H, is never provable. Oh, but that's a fact. There is. It's called faith, man chill out. I have no problem. If you want to worship the giant spaghetti machine out there, God bless you. But don't shove your religious beliefs down mine or anybody else's throat. And don't shove down my throat your hogwash belief that you're going to give me a vaccine and cure everything in the world. Oh, I'm asymptomatic. I don't even have to test positive and I'm spreading the vax. I'm spreading the COVID. People buy this stuff. They still buy this stuff. And when you stand up and have the fortitude to say no, well, unfortunately, in my case, in many ways that you do not realize, I have been discriminated against badly. But you know what? You stick with it. And when you're proven to be right, some people remember, and boy, they come out of the woodwork because they want to associate with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil means, man, it's a mother freaking path sometimes to get to the promised land. <laughs> and then sometimes it ain't worth it. In addition to which, the grass is not greener on the other side of the hill, on the other side of the fence, or the world. People are people, and they're mean, and they're ugly, and it's always going to be that way. We have this thing where people, everything is more dire than you know. Dire, dire, dire. <gasps> world's going to end. Same thing in the stock market. I have very few clients that are concerned about it. Why? Because I tell clients, you have to have enough cash. Patience and let things work its way out. Oh, but we have shortages. These are man-made shortages. If we would stop screwing around with things politically, supply and demand would take care of itself. Laws, rules, and regulations are, kept, are, are put in place to keep 
people from competing. There's a book by Peter Thiel, and he's written it with a fellow by the name of Blake Masters. And the book is called Zero to One, Notes on Startups or How to Build the Future. One of the things that he talks about in here is how important it is to get enough political power and control so that you can influence laws, rules, and regulations and turn what it is you do into a monopoly, an oligopoly, how you can keep the competition out. And you do that through laws, rules, and regulations. If you saw my copy, if you saw my copy of the book, you'd say it was a college book that somebody went nuts on. The yellow highlighters, blue highlighters, the notes, the scribbles, post-it notes, a lot of good information there. I'm not going to get into the background of Peter Thiel, but it's an interesting cat. It'd be well worth understanding who he is. But never underestimate the clandestine nature of political motives. Oh, we got to flatten the curve. You got to do your part. World War II, everybody had to buy bonds. Buy bonds. Support the country. We have the majority of the population of the world being reliant on feelings. The more affluent you are, the more reliant you are on feelings. Let me repeat that. The more affluent you are, the more reliant you are on feelings. Oh, it feels good, so I should do it. Well, put that big old metal rod up here, you know, boom, boom, back in, buddy. Yeah, you'll love that feel. Oh, it feels so good. Doctor, can you get this pipe out of my bum bum? Why did you put it up there in the first place? Well, it felt good. Bob said it would feel good. Bob's a dumbbell. Well, I like Bob. To all you who are Bob, I apologize. I'll use uh, Randy. No, I won't use Randy. I'll use Leon. I don't think I have, do I have any Leon clients? Well, Tallahassee is in Leon County, so we'll use Leon. Sorry, Bob. I like you. Got a lot of Bob's as clients. Leon, Leon, stop telling people to put things up their bum bum. Got to flatten the curve. Got to flatten the curve. Everything's going to be fine when we flatten the curve. We flatten the curve. <laughs> it's still not good enough. You see, you got to lock down and shut up. Just lock down and shut. Do what you're told. When I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. In the meantime, shut up. Perception is reality. So when you have everything on the news, screaming and hollering, Chicken Little is not a single chicken. Chicken Little's everywhere. Eventually, you get worn down. This is a Chinese water torture. Oh my God, these Chinese again. But you see, here's the issue. Sooner or later, the truth will come out. Oh, it comes out. Oh, it comes out. Nothing to see here. Lee Harvey Oswald went to meet with Cubans to try to get over to Cuba. Oh, Lee Harvey Oswald went to Russia. Oh, nothing to see here. Just keep moving along. Oh, Lee Harvey Oswald had connections to Israel. Nothing to see here. Just keep moving on. And let's just keep the investigation under lock and key. The investigation done by Earl Warren, who was a Supreme Court Chief Justice appointed by who? Eisenhower. Because a promise made is a promise always kept. And the guy who locked down the Japanese in World War II, who had an epiphany, I did something bad, I got to atone for it, is responsible for a hell of a lot of the crap that has happened as a result in the country because, well, the Constitution, you know, it, you know, we really don't need to have an amendment to the Constitution. We can imply the rights exist that don't really exist. Well, you know, states' rights don't really mean anything because we got rid of the direct election of senators because of the 17th Amendment. Oh, we, yeah. We've gone from a republic. Just so you know, we don't have a democracy. There's, there are no democracies. Democracies don't work. Democracies require everybody to agree on something. You have a representative republic. Okay, A republic means people represent you. 
representative republic means, well, each of these representatives represents about the same number of people, which is why you have the U.S. Census, which is why the census is in the Constitution. So as a result, one man, one vote. Well, you see, it didn't used to be that way. It used to be one man, and that man needed to own property. You'd never have gotten the United States to be the way it is today if, well, you had the every dumbbell ding-dong and person that just walked across the border voting. If you don't have skin in the game, it's not worth it. I'll I tell you a little something I'm going to share with you. My son was talking to a gentleman, and I learned things from my son all the time. And he said, you know, Dad, I was talking to a guy who said, if you, if you don't waste time working with people who don't have, a skin, don't have skin in the game. I had a young realtor as a client for a while, and, and he closed up his brokerage account and kept on moving, and we don't ever hear from him again because he didn't have any real skin in the game. People that invest lump sums of money when they do really well instead of systematically putting money away, they don't have skin in the game. People that use a 401k, payroll deduction plan at work, they don't actively do anything. They don't use my services. They just can passively kind of just float through life, and whatever everybody else is doing, I'm doing. This is the rise of index investing. I'm an investor. I own the stock market. I have a ETF, a mutual fund. It's invested in uh, the standard pours. That means I'm an investor. No, you're you're just a passenger. You're a passenger. You're not active. Oh, hell, if it's a baseball game, you're listening on the radio down the street at the park. You're not at the ballpark. You're at a public park. And you feel as though when the team won, you did it. Yeah, we won. They lost. We won. They lost. You didn't do jack. But perception is reality, and history repeats itself, which is why it's important to know who people are that influence you. You people, so many people out there, not you, you guys are listening, you're not those kind of people, but so many people out there, who gives a damn what most of these freaks on TMZ, on ticky tocky tock tock ticky ticky tock tock are doing? These people, who cares? When you die, are they going to be by your bedside? talking to you? When you don't feel good, are they going to be around? When you have a birthday, are they going to be the people that give you a present, have a dinner for you, know that you like a certain type of whiskey? Are they going to take you to, as I had some, a couple of really good friends of mine, I went to the university club in Tampa, I didn't pay. I'm the member. They were my guests, but they paid. But is Kim Kardashian and all whoever is a popular idiot of the day, are they going to be around to do that for you? No, no. You make relationships with people who are reciprocal and stop working with people who don't have skin in the game. They're not worth your time and effort. My son, dad, just because you enjoy helping people, stop helping people who don't have skin in the game. I have a lot of open positions. We're hiring. But I do it in such a way that if a person not is, is not going to motivate, I've got too many people right now that we're discharging a lot of prospective employees because they don't self-motivate. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Well, here's what you need to get done. Well, now tell me all the steps I need to do. Well, how about doing this, this, this? Well, how do you do each one of those steps? Bye-bye. Don't have any skin in the game. A lot of times skin in the game means intellectual. Breadth of knowledge, depth of knowledge, and common sense. Work the problem. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. Ask 10, 15, 20 questions until you're satisfied with how to get it done. Oh no, it doesn't work. <laughs> how do you turn a screwdriver? My screwdriver only has one it's a straight line. It, it needs one of those star-looking things. I don't know what that is. 
Everybody has a computer in their pocket. It's called a cell phone or whatever you want to call it. Mobile digital device. Use the damn thing. Oh, you got to go to school. You got to go to Harvard to get a real degree. You do realize that the overwhelming majority of people who lead this nation in industry, your publicly traded companies, real people that are running the country tend to graduate from schools in the Midwest, Big Ten, minor schools. Some don't even have a college degree, but they all have one thing in common. They work an incredible number of hours. People who work and put the time in, I got news for you. It's hard on your family, but those are the people who are successful. You work 40 hours a week, you work 40 hours a week. I work 80 to 90 hours a week every week, which is why when I proposed to my wife, Kelleen, and we started making babies, and we figured out really quickly where to put my dually, it didn't go up her poop chute, because you don't make babies when you put it up that, you know, there's a, there's a place for everything. There's a time and place for everything. And our time and place to make babies was we needed to move it right along real quickly because I was an older father. Okay, got to move it along, got to get it going. Our little Ralphie, he keeps working, but you know, time will get away from us. So we start making babies. And I said to her, we can be a success at our family and a failure at our business. We can be a success at our business and a failure at our family. We don't want to do that. Or we can have a successful family business. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be one of the hardest things we're ever going to do. And if we can get our children to work with us and they, they do what they like or good, profitable, and can control, we give them all the opportunities. You know what? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I'll stack my kids against anybody's, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And it wasn't some great insight and they're all adults now, it was having the constitution, knowing that we are not going to control them, but we build them from within. Just like you destroy a nation, an individual or family from within. And why I say the most important component of my seven coils, components of independent living simply, involves mindset. Sooner or later, the truth will set itself free. <gasps> Children, if the children go back to school, we're going to have a mass die-off. Everybody's going to die. It didn't happen. Oh, we've got to get masks on everybody because if you don't wear a mask and you don't maintain social distance, everybody's going to get it. Even the asymptomatic. What's asymptomatic? I don't know what asymptomatic. Sounds really bad. It's a bad disease. I've got the asymptomatic. Means, uh, yeah, you're like infectious, you're contagious, man. Like, you don't know it, but you're going to, everybody's going to get the shit that you got that, well, it doesn't affect you, but everybody else. Asymptomatic. Ooh, we got to get rid of them asymptomatics. Yeah, man, you got no shot. We got to get rid of you. Push that, push Polly off the cliff. Yeah, he's asymptomatic. So where are all the homeless people dead? We have a homeless problem in the country. You would think the problem would be done. Those people didn't get vaccinated. Hell, they don't. They, they give blood to. Well, they don't give blood because they're screwed up. They, so many of the people that are homeless. Now, let's, let's think about this for a minute. They're fat. They're stupid. They're ugly. Right? Come on. Let's get real about it. They don't maintain themselves. I didn't say they didn't have bad luck. And I didn't say they didn't get a shitty deal in life. I didn't say that they were deserving of a decent lifestyle. I'm saying that most of these people who are homeless are the product of really bad decisions over and over and over. They destroy themselves with from within. They need to be rounded up and given a good dose of this is how life works. They lack the get get to it. Listen, not everybody is a bum. People have problems. But when compassion seeps its way into those who have the ability, who won't do it, you got to say, listen, Leon, we're done. You're going to die because you lived a lifestyle that was so horrible. We've been paying for you forever. Now it's done. Bye-bye.
But going back to the homeless, why didn't they die off in mass? Why are there not homeless people laying all over the sidewalks and under every viaduct and overpass? Well, Cal, we saw the pictures in China. They just fell down dead. How many times did you see that video of somebody just falling down dead in China right there on the sidewalk? Oh, my God. China. Didn't see that in the U.S., did you? Huh. China. You know what the reality in life is? When you get older, the body's wearing out. Sometimes through no fault of your own, you, you're compromised. Cells go sideways haywire and you got a problem. A lot of times your problems are exacerbated because, well, you didn't sleep enough, you didn't exercise enough, you ate crap your entire life. Well, I don't know how I ever got cancer. Well, Leon, you laid in the sun nonstop. You tanned yourself until you looked like a experiment gone bad at a leather factory. Then during the winter, you, you went to the tanning salon. I had a gym membership. Well, isn't that sweet? Bless your sweet little heart. Leon had a gym membership, and he drank Diet Coca-Cola. I sound a little bit sarcastic. I sure hope I do, because I don't know how else to get in through some of you damn people, not my clients. See, I'm actually hoping that some of you guys are going to share this with other people and go, man, I got this guy. I got an investment advisor. I got this guy that he's he managing some of our money, and uh, this guy's a good guy, man. He calls it the way he sees it. I trust him. But he always says, don't don't trust, verify. He puts it out there, and he calls it the way it is. Sometimes it's painful. Ooh, it's painful. But he's right, and you know I'm right. And I make a lot of mistakes. I've got a few pounds over where I want to be because I've been traveling a lot. I use that as an excuse. I've been, God, you know, you're going to all these nice restaurants. Got some things going on that I've shared with a few of you folks. Business is still the same, but I have other things that, you know, a lot of writing, a lot of uh, entertainment industry things that we're working on, side side projects. But here's the thing. That's my fault. Got to cut back. Big diet. A little bit, little bit going to be fasting. Going to be fasting. How do you lose weight? Oh, got to go to Jenny Craig. Got to do what Oprah Winfrey does. Got to get Weight Watchers. Got to buy a new set of clothes to go to the gym. New gym outfit. Now it's it's basically counting calories. You know, people love to do math, right? No. It's counting calories. Calories in, calories out. Hmm. Well, I'll just increase my exercise. Well, I might just want to cut back. It's just like financial planning. It's a bunch of crap. If you're not financially independent and you have to work because... Well, you need the money, and you're not saving as much as you should, then you need to make more, or you need to spend less, or you need to do a combination of the two. It's never more difficult than that. My God, it has to be more difficult than that. No, if you go to bed, you had a good day, and if you wake up, you had a good night. It's no more difficult than that. Yes, but I'm not a multimillionaire many times over. Well, I understand that. Once upon a time, being a millionaire was a big deal. Nowadays, you buy a three-bedroom, two-bath piece of shit in West Tampa, and you're spending half a million to a million or more. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. But that guy down the road's got a big house. Well, he's got a big house, and he died at age 65 of a heart attack. Oh, but he had a lot of money. Who cares? How old are you? Well, I'm 95. Are you doing good? Damn right. I'm doing great. I feel fantastic. Are you still working? Yeah. Hmm. Who could be doing that? Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger. Oh, hell, Biden's brain dead, but he's still working. You see where I'm going with that? Sometimes people are lucky. lucky they got the lucky gene pool, even if they've had two brain surgeries. Some people like Ivanka Trump, you know, they have a heart attack, fall down the stairs, and they're dead. 73, that's a little young. But when you start hitting that age, things start breaking and you start dying. Oh, so as you get older, it gets harder, and then you get things like, 
a virus that comes around, yeah, it's going to kick you in the ass. Which is why instead of making everybody wear masks and everybody get vaccines, maybe the most susceptible people among us are the ones you should protect. But instead, let's take all these hospital patients that have COVID and put them in nursing homes. Nobody talks about that. That governor in New York gets a pass. Everybody gets a pass. I can't believe these old people in nursing homes are dying. You put the most infected patients out there. Let's put everybody on heart, on, oh, not heart, but lung machines, ventilators. The great, oh my God, the great American kill-off. Ventilators, got to get everybody on the ventilator. You can't find video anymore. It is scraped off the internet about how ventilators are going to cure everything. You know, they told us that you got to keep the kids away from everybody because the kids are just walking virus containing creepy little things. Oh, if you're if you're if you're a retiree and you got grandchildren, stay away from them. They're they're just a bucket of walking poo. Not true. Oh, children, children are going to get ill. Children, are gonna, they're the risk to everything. Okay, everybody's going to get that long haul COVID. They're not going to oh, when you get it, you got it forever. Oh, by the way, the vaccine, all that heart damage stuff, you know, the uh, myocarditis. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's just incidental. No, no relationship to that. Nothing to see here. Just keep moving along. By the way, comorbidities, things like diabetes, heart disease, being insanely overweight. Nope. Doesn't have anything to do with COVID deaths. Nope. No, 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 no. Comorbidities are not correlated. Nope. Not one bit. Oh, yes. If we go back to school, the children are going to kill all the teachers. The teachers are going to die because they're in a room with those little nasty creatures running around. And as far as children, don't have children. Don't have children. Do the right thing. Abort everybody. Abort everybody and eliminate all CO2. The planet will be better for it. Yeah, because there ain't going to be anybody around. It's not a good time to have kids. When is it a good time to have kids? Reminds me of the movie Idiocracy. Did you see the movie Idiocracy? If you've seen the movie Idiocracy, watch the first 20 minutes. That's all you got to do. It defines where the world's headed sometimes, I think. Got to distance. Got to socially distance. If we're at least 6 feet, 12 feet, 20 feet away from everybody, we're going to be fine. Just because you have a restaurant and you can't make ends meet, that's way it has to be, Bob, because, you know, Leon said, you got to maintain at least 20 feet between your customers. You know, these masks, these masks probably are highly overrated because uh, look how much air is around them. I mean, they've got these pictures where people sneeze and it gets older. It's not one of those N95 seal a meal type things. Uh, are these things really working? Oh, yes, absolutely. Wear a mask, cure COVID. We have been told so much hogwash that it's not funny. I have been accused of well, you're just lucky, Paul. You've been asymptomatic. If I sneeze, you got COVID. No, I was outside mowing the grass. And when I mow the grass, I almost always sneeze. Oh, you got COVID. If you got, well, you know, I <clears throat> got a little tickle in my throat. It got a little, a little warm. I probably picked up a little bug, a little cold. Colds and cold viruses, they're still around. Nope, all COVID. Yeah, but if I took a test, it says negative. Yeah, but it didn't you didn't run that PCR test around enough. Got to run that thing up to 125 revolutions. Didn't they say like 10, 12 revolutions? No, no, got to get it up. Got to get it up. i make sure. Yep, there it is. There's a micro fragment of COVID in you. You're testing positive. Huh. I tested positive and then a light pole fell on my car, crushed the roof, and I got killed and I died of COVID. But there's no doubt that we've had another thing whether it was man-made or natural, gain-of-function testing. There's, there's no doubt that that thing is real, but it's been that way forever. 
Nobody wants to talk about Gerald Ford and the Ford administration and vaccinate everybody and all the people that got seriously ill back in the 70s. Nope, don't want to talk about that. Got a plague, lockdown. You're not showing symptoms, but you're responsible. You're from Mars. You're responsible for all the people in Pluto who have been discriminated against. Yeah, but I never knew anybody from Pluto. Doesn't make any difference. You're from Mars. You're dangerous even if you are not sick. There are some hard truths in life, and the hard truth is the fact that we are destroying nations from within. We are telling people and selling people snake oil. People years ago had horses, mules, wagons. They went across the country, and they sold miracle cures. Cocaine solved everything. Meth solved everything. Alcohol solved everything. There's a reason why they called it Coca-Cola. And they just move from one town to another. In today's world, there's so much information, people can't keep track of what's going on. And so the snake oil salespeople are still out there making a fortune. Today, what they do is and to insulate themselves, they, well, what they do is they incorporate. And because a corporation is an entity, and then you wind up selling other people on your miracle cure and what you're doing. So what do you do is you have all these shareholders and you get yourself in a position where you start influencing government and the politicians and employ the wife, the son, the daughter, the nephew, the niece, and, well, indirectly all of the political action committees and, well, this, that, and everything else, the alma maters. We're going to get money to you, Leon. It'll just be indirectly. Nobody will ever know the difference. Every time we sell a bottle, you get a nickel. Oh, Bob's got good bottles. So says Leon. Everybody's blasé. They're easily manipulated. Nobody wants to get up and have good habits, so hey, what the hell? We're subverting the Constitution, our personal constitutions. No, no need to follow the rules. I just want the miracle cure. So the snake oil people, they're out there. They come in all shapes and sizes. It's like P.T. Barnum. Yes, old P.T. Barnum, American showman. He was around in the mid-19th century. He's closely associated with the phrase, there's a sucker born every minute. It's a phrase that's really unverifiable. And it's more of a hoax than anything else. It's been a thing attributed to him. And it's been used in a couple of different ways. There was a book written by, I believe it was David Maurer. It's called The Big Con, written, I think, around 1940. And in there he says, if I'm not mistaken, so bear with me, there's a mark, M-A-R-K, mark, not the name of a man, but there's a mark born every minute. So this is a phrase that's gone around more than a few times. When you have a nation of marks, a nation of a blasé attitude, a nation that does not have a strong constitution as a nation, as a community, as an individual. When you have people who fear fear and fear monger leading a nation where everything is more dire than it really is, when you have charismatic people who are able to persuade because they were lucky in the gene pool, you will destroy a nation. And these philosophies that are mine are applicable to every single one of us. And like you, we have to remind ourselves every single day. And to that end, I bid you adieu.